Whatever it is. What are you singing about there? Since the daughter is in chorus, you know, she's always just like, and everybody's always trying to sing this or that. And this person's not a tenor. And I was just like, do they sing really low like this? And she goes, no, that's a bass. And I was like, I know. She's like, and then I would switch to another one. And she's like, that's a tenor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. How many octaves like, you know. got, Cormac? How many octaves you got? This is the true um, test of... I don't know. I, I think because my voice is naturally low and bassy that it's bass, tenor... Whatever um, comes after that. <laughs> yeah. Alto? What, what does come in? I am not a vocalist. She's, she's a soprano. Hey. Hey. Hey, Tony. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so she's a soprano. So I don't. I don't even know where I I fall. Yeah. I know I that I can sing um, perfectly on key with three eleven because I was doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> where, where's your preferred location for singing? Is it is it in the car? Is it in the shower? Where is my preferred location of singing? I would most yeah, yeah. Like say what it's situation? The in the car? I, yeah. I'm I'm pretty positive it's 100 the car because no one <laughs> roll the windows up, crank the tunes up, and no one can hear. Yeah, it's no like one your own can sound hear me booth. Scream, your sound booth <laughs> hurling down the road. Yeah, <laughs> quiet scream. <Yeah. laughs> like... My preferred location for singing is when I have all of the protective gear on and I'm out with the the weed whacker going after the hillside yeah, yeah. there's like a gas mower just overtaking uh, me but i've got my noise canceling yeah. headphones in and i can't tell so sounds good i sound the best <laughs> yeah my neighbor said she heard me singing one day and i was like oh okay <laughs> like, uh, uh, cool. hmm. uh, that, that's not going to stop Charmer. me if that's what she was trying to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh so i went to a webinar today. The only reason I signed up for the webinar is because it was a architect's newspaper sponsored by BQE and the presenter, because it was like knowing your value as an architect and guess who the speaker was. I'll give you one hint. They were speaking about the business of architecture. So was it Enoch Sears? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got that <laughs> and, right. It, <laughs> Yeah. And actually, you know, it was, it was really good. I actually enjoyed it. He was engaging. It was really good. I kind of gave him a little shout out at the end. And it was like, Hey, Cormac, you know, really it's, it is a hot topic that so many people talk about is like this, yeah. this failing to be able to convey the value of what an architect does to clients. I had a really good conversation with him and Robert Ewan at the Entree Architect annual oh, okay. meetup last year yep. in Austin, Texas. Yeah. It, it, it was fun to catch up with him, but also to have like, actually a really deep conversation about the value of an architect. So I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the seed for that topic, but, but it probably played into it a little bit. So, I mean, probably we've been having but these conversations for a long time. We, as it, the yeah. Royal, we, all of us. Right. And exactly. Uh, and now, <laughs> and now, now that all of my CEUs um, from all of the different um, ones have hit, I can officially say that I'm at 68. Uh, oh my God. Jeez. 68 
HSWs. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it would be cool if you could gift those to others in need. I really, yeah. you know what? I agree with you because, I mean, I, I, I only need 24 and the 24 that I have, you know, I did go, to, I, I finally found a free seminar for the, what I've been spending now for the past few years, $150 a pop for the two HSWs for the advanced building code for Florida. Mm. I finally found the Florida AIA puts on a day long seminar and you have to kind of stay for the whole thing yeah, to yeah, yeah. get the last two hours, which is yeah. that, uh, because if you kind of like pop out and pop back in, you know, they're like, yeah, nice try. <laughs> so, but I finally got my free two hours of advanced Florida building code. Nice. What are you going to spend that money on? You would have spent it there. What What, what are you going to spend? Woohoo! Um, <laughs> yeah, on, half, on, on half of a brand new tire for my truck. <laughs> another, <laughs> another new tire for your truck. <laughs> well, I've now I've all gotten the to the point where I got to get all the tires. I got back from Vegas this morning and uh, they say if you go to Vegas on vacation, don't come back on probation. Yeah. They also say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but it's not going to stay in Vegas because you're telling stories. <laughs> Unless you have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. And then you're just going to tell everybody everything. <laughs> right. So oh, man. what are you there for? Yeah. So Autodesk University 2023 just happened and it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. So I flew in last Sunday and, uh, I was going to drive down there and do some rock climbing, but my, my buddy, he, uh, he canceled on me. So I decided not to drive the whatever, 12 hours to get there. I, I instead had yeah. a direct flight that is an hour and a half from here. Oh, so it makes, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And I, I actually took an entire remote, uh, podcast recording setup and only recorded one one thing, so I'm not quite sure it was worth it, but for my other podcast, um, but it was the, the guest side of things uh, for my Troxel podcast is really there. Like, oh, cool. uh, unbelievable concentration oh, yeah, yeah. of I mean, ABC that's technologists. That's what I was going to say. That's like just, literally like everybody that you talk to, you know, yes. nerd fest for them. Uh, yeah, it's all of them. So that was the main reason for me going. It's like when you and I go to AIA conference, it's like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's hang out with our people and yes. see them. Like many, many of these people I have never met in person. We've had episodes on the podcast, but you know, like you and I, we didn't meet for three years after we had <laughs> no, right. we'd started recording yeah. this podcast three years before we met in person. And so just like that with many of my guests on the other show, I've never met them in person and, and many that I had, but it was just great because I hadn't been to AU since 2019 in Vegas. And then they took mm -hmm. a couple of years off because and did them virtually during the pandemic. Then last year they did it in New Orleans and I did not go to that one uh, because of hmm. business reasons and projects and stuff. So yeah. it went back to Vegas this year because I guess the, the one in New Orleans wasn't that awesome. New Orleans wasn't set up for right. a conference as much as Vegas is like really, especially the, the, the Palazzo, the Venetian, the Sands the, Convention Center is set up for conferences like throughput. Right. So there, Vegas has this down and they, oh, they yeah, do a yeah, great, yeah. Autodesk spends a lot of money on this. If you wonder why 
Revit costs so much. Like this is why Revit costs so much. So they can throw a party <laughs> for every year for people who use Autodesk products. Um, yeah. And they charge people to go. So it's a, it's a big giant. Shouldn't that be part of like your subscription price of your Revit 360 or something? For how much yeah. Revit and every, you know, these suites of software cost and how much, how much firms yeah. are paying. It, yeah. It's, it seems like it could be, but Ryan Reynolds was the keynote speaker on the second day, and I'm sure he wasn't cheap yeah. either. <laughs> right. So okay, so I saw that he was going to be the keynote speaker, and I had so many people. In fact, there was a hand, there was a contingency of folks from the office who went, and then there was a friend of mine who um, used to work at our office and now is at another office, and he went. And, you know, cause he's kind of in the same capacity as what you used to be, um, at your old firm. Right. And so he's kind of that, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. He's the Evan, you know, the East coast Evan. And almost all of them were asking why Reynolds, why, why yeah. Ryan Reynolds? Now, they just want I mean, of course they were all like, like, you know, Hey, cool. Yeah. It's like the AIA conference where they want somebody yep. who is not in the field at all, who is somebody who would be really interesting to yeah. talk to engaging. hear from engaging yeah so i think and i think ryan reynolds has a, like a soccer team to pay for right so i think it was just a really good well and it was also a good matchup so at the at the end of the week so you got out just in time for the flood of all of the people who are coming for the form you know for the inaugural las vegas formula one grand prix right and he also is an investor in one of the Formula One teams. Oh, okay. The 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 French Alpine team. Oh, okay. Well, he and he so, is an investor, and I, I that that would that he even is an came investor up because and he is, it wasn't a keynote speech that he gave. He was interviewed on stage, much like Obama was interviewed when okay, when yeah. we saw him at the Chicago yeah. AIA conference. So they're not preparing ahead of time they're just responding in real time and uh the interviewers seem to be doing a really good job i feel like in the last few years of of really engaging with the guest but it goes mm-hmm. the conversation goes all over the place that way and they can ask questions that just people in the room want to know like because ryan reynolds is doing a bunch of different things right so it i'll makes tell sense. you exactly what i want to know does he know okay. Reddit? And is he available? Because I, I need some you help. Need, you have a shortage of uh, teammates on your projects. And, yes. And you would like Ryan Reynolds to fill that role. I'm You'll pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I can get him to be uh, one of our draftsmen or a project architect that I could probably get a lot more people. You could probably get more people to show you know, up. Yeah, you could attract I, talent. I, with, yeah. I could. I could. Exactly. I could tra- right. attract talent with talent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a small piece of it, but really it was about meeting the people who've been on the show, people who I want to have on the show, uh, seeing a lot of technology vendors sitting in classes, Mm -hmm. people talking about really amazing implementations and workflows and things that they found and research that they're doing, um, technology and architecture related. And then it, because it's Autodesk University, this is not Revit University, right? Uh, right, 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 right. It, it is, Autodesk has three main areas of focus. They've got media and entertainment, they've got infrastructure and construction, and they've got well, 
construction falls under AEC, but they've got major other players, right? And so they've got InfraWorks mm-hmm. and they've got uh, Civil 3D and they've got uh, a bunch of tools on the visual effects side of things like Maya and 3D Studio Max and all those, right? So there's users from right. all of those platforms in not only the the keynotes where they're addressing kind of their roadmap and, and the things, the acquisitions and things that they've been doing over the last year to kind of give everybody an update and talk about how it's going. But then there's also courses that have all of that stuff in there as well. So they're really bringing the entire Autodesk user base that's willing to pay for a ticket to Autodesk University or be a representative of a firm to go and capture as much information and then take it back to their firm and disseminate it to to others, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. So it's basically two and a half days completely packed full of multiple channels that you could slot yourself into depending on what you want to learn or bring back to the firm. And they have all these courses recorded and you can watch them later too. So they're really kind of covering every possible way because there's no way you could see everything that you want to see when you go there. (laughs) You can catch up with it later. You can download course materials. But when you're there, you get to meet the people doing it and you get to ask questions and you get to hang out with them at happy hour or you can go to dinner or you can meet them in the community zone in between courses. There's like, there's so many chances for meeting in the hallway at events like this that you really can uh, ask questions on the fly and and it's it's way different than lobbing an email over the internet to somebody right, and right. just having them ignore it so hmm. uh it's, it's a really well done event for that kind of a thing and since i was in vegas the last time now there's a sphere there have you seen this somebody used the, the primitive tool in whatever rhino 3d to <laughs> plop a sphere down into las <laughs> vegas yeah and yeah. it's almost everything that I've seen about this, just all of the different videos and everything else. Somebody's going to have a lot of fun with this thing over the course of its lifetime. What was interesting is the, is U2 is currently the artist in residence at the mm-hmm. sphere mm-hmm. and saw videos of them basically kind of like yielding the floor to formula one for the week. Right. Um, and, and basically kind of like, you know, say, all right, you know, we're, we're done for now. You know, there's going to be a bunch of Take formula one break. people here and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's sort of exciting. In fact, actually the, the formula one track, as everybody knows, I'm a formula one nerd or geek or, you know, super just finding or whatever the hell right it is now. that you, yeah. <laughs> and if, if you're just not finding this out now, yes, I am uh, quite the fan of, well, you can't see, but from the stuff behind me, but there's a couple of, uh, little replicars on the back wall there. You can play um, with your mostly cars all in between, Lewis. Yeah. In between meetings. Yeah, yeah. Mostly all Lewis Hamilton stuff because, you know, I am a Hamilton fan. And so, you know, please, you know, direct your hate mail towards me, whatever. Um, <laughs> yes, please. But <laughs> not me. But it's interesting because the track actually wraps around the sphere. Yeah. And I I saw the one little like yellow yellow blobby guy with the little Diamonds. smiley face. Yeah. that like you know follows um like traffic and all of that other stuff if they do that during the race i'm gonna be happy and hope i'm gonna laugh because it will have to it it's gonna be distracting as hell 
because you know it's just like it's like as they're coming down the track and they're looping around the sphere and the thing is like following them along i'm interested to see how that is so like you know of course i'm gonna like sit up all the the rate the actual race itself is at 1 a.m eastern time but because of the fact that they are racing and they kind of want to capture the you know the lights of vegas and you know the whole strip vibe because they are driving down the strip right um they're they want to do it all at night when vegas comes alive and so they're doing it then and I'm that makes sense i, I actually heard a, i heard a few other things that have to do with that which i thought was interesting which was uh that's during the daytime european tv hours <laughs> yes. Right? So, yes. So exactly. that yes. has a lot to do with it. Um, the other thing it, was, it I guess, when they were setting up the times for this, they thought it was going to be uh, very hot in Vegas, which it's not right now. It's not hot at all. So they were thinking, well, they we'll race at night. And so the tires are going to have a hard time. Uh, and and they, the other thing I've heard very, about very this course in particular that. is there are a lot of straightaways where these cars yes. are going to get smoking fast and then you've got a really hard yep. turn and it's brand new asphalt. Like they actually repaved yep. a bunch of the roads. And oh, so yeah. no, they, the drivers they are concerned made, yeah, that the they, tires aren't going to be warm enough to have enough friction enough, to enough grip. grip on it. Yeah. So yep. there's going to be, it's going to be an interesting... Uh, Race. So there's a there's the cross between the people who think that this is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. people who think this is going to be an absolute disaster, yeah. and th- then the drivers who are just like, they're already, you know, because one of the things is they're already complaining about that this is, they're treating this all like a circus. I'm like, you <laughs> well, know they're racing in Vegas, right? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's a circus already. It's yeah. Vegas. So, right. you know, kind of got to get used to it. Right. Um, the, the current world champion, he, uh, Max Verstappen, he basically said that, you know, he feels like that this is just a clown show. And I'm like, dude, it's entertainment. They're paying you $50 million a year, basically, to drive right. Um, right. the car. So to, er, hush up. Taking himself <laughs> a little seriously there, sounds like. Yeah. Let's get let's get back to architecture yes. here. Let's Cormac, get back to this. You yeah, yeah, yeah. It was your fault. You started talking about like racetracks <laughs> no. and stuff. No. <laughs> You're all about so the, the sportsing. We yeah, right. We we will do a <laughs> special episode, I think, just on the sphere. So uh I think we will commit yeah, we to doing to. that because there are I, I want to do a little bit more research, but um just to just to whet the appetite of the listeners, I got to go to the sphere twice and watch a show there and so yes U2 is not there right now which I I would have preferred to see U2 there but uh that would have been fun instead they're showing movies um but the cool thing about the movie that they're showing it's not just like a normal movie it's very spherish and I I don't want to get too much into it right now because I want to save it for that episode but it is really immersive and it's more than just visual so again I just want to kind of tease maybe what this is and and I'll, the other thing i'll say is that videos that you've seen online are nothing like what it's actually like to be there there's there's no way to translate what you see in a camera which is like a 2d capture of a very three-dimensional immersive environment and it goes beyond the visual so there's just no way to really capture that and and it really <laughs> is you know thinking about architecture thinking about experience 
and creating experiences and kind of this idea of a spherical black box theater that you can pretty much do anything in is a really, really cool thing. And so I think we have a lot to talk about. And so I'm going to do a little bit of research and see what I can find regarding layouts and maybe sections and things like that. But I think we'll have a very visual presentation and conversation around the sphere. Uh, and so th- that'll probably be one for the YouTube side of things more than the audio. We'll probably post it in both mm-hmm. places, but but this will be more of a, a visual um, medium kind of a pr- conversation, I think, when we do it. I'm I'm trying to think of, and and maybe we save it for the the that. But the what was the one architect? You know, like the old historic classic architect that um, you know you you saw like the the sections that they did of this fully immersive sphere. Um, was it Latrobe? Hmm. You're going to have to but do some research, and, and I'm I'm going to have to do some research. But going to bring it to that episode. I, I'm just I, I'm just thinking that you know, dude would be proud that we finally are able to achieve kind of like this vision that he probably didn't even ha- didn't even know he probably had a vision that of of something like this, but didn't even know it was ever going to be something that would be possible, and mm. now it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it actually was a a really incredible experience and it was i think it was even better the second time because i kind of knew what to expect and the first one you're you, okay. you're like trying to balance like oh do i want to capture this and take it back to my family or do i just <laughs> want to experience it and the second one i just felt way more like like i knew what i wanted to look at because i had already had the cues of where to look for certain things and it was even more impactful i think the second time so Anyway, yeah, I, you, I, I don't want to sent give too me much a, away. But. Yeah, yeah, you sent me a video, and even though it kind of flattened things out, it was still pretty amazing to see. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. So, cool. um, what were some of the the highlights of uh, some of the things at AU Autodesk University? I think that I really enjoy the show floor because that's where the activity is and that's where people are showing off their stuff. Um, and, and so there's a lot of tech vendors there from all sides of things, whether it's construction technology, fabrication and industrial manufacturing, architecture, surveying. I'm just kind of like mentally going through a lot of the things I saw. I mean, and, and it goes from really, really, really interesting stuff, robots and, you know, prefab yeah. and stuff all the way to, PDFs, right? Like it's it's the whole gamut of of now, new these, innovation. Now, are these innovations that have you know come about using some of the Autodesk um, technology? Because I I remember when yeah. you and I were at the San Francisco AIA convention, and we went to Autodesk's headquarters and saw R&D. some of the things that yeah. they're doing there. It's absolutely amazing and mind blowing because. I didn't ever really, I guess, realize like the breadth of all of the things that Autodesk has their hands in. And it isn't just AEC. I mean, yes, that's, you know, where they started and that's kind of their bread and butter, but there's so much more, you know, and you were talking about like in the entertainment industry, you know, some of my favorite films are from Studio Leica and um, they, if I'm pronouncing that right, not like as in the camera, but like as in the dog that the right. Russian dog and Coraline and, and movies like that. And both in the stop motion and for like 3D printing of 
all of the the different like facial features and stuff of their stop motion puppets to actual like oh, digital programming yeah. and stuff. Yeah, when we went to that exhibit, uh, that yeah, that I can't remember what that thing was called, but it's like a, a showroom basically where they, they yeah. show off how different industries are <laughs> using their technologies, and they had all those exactly. maquettes from the stop motion film. Yes. Yeah. And with all the facial, yeah, it's, and, and it, I think all that stuff was like 3D printed and then probably hand painted. I don't even know, but it was, it, it is interesting to see all the different ways that Autodesk products are used. Um, and then the show right. floor is just a lot of other vendors, right? It's, it's, okay. you know, chaos and Enscape are there and sometimes hmm. Trimble is there. And so, you know, there's, it just depends on what people want to show off that year. But I mean, it's, you know, because these are like also companion, whether they're plugins or things. So like, you know, their products can work with, you know, Autodesk products like, you know, Revit and things like that. And, you know, right. I could open up and share my screen of like, you know, my Revit 2023, I think that I've got on here and all of the different plugins that I have. And all of them are, you know, just some of the ones, you know, Enscape and it's Well, and there's other stuff that just makes how... Revit work even better, right? Like, like I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah, you guys, yeah. you probably use Clarity for automating certain things on in Revit, like printing PDFs overnight. I saw, I heard somebody right. talking about, they've got a plugin that will start opening your Revit file like at 4 a.m. so that when you get to oh, the geez. office, it'll be open. Really? <laughs> Yes. I'm going to need to talk to a lot of different people about that one because <laughs> I've talked to a little bit about my project and, you know, it's, it's eight buildings kind of like all yeah. combined by one big basement. And so it's unfortunately the way to like really make it work. I don't know if we, we decided wrong on how to implement this. You most definitely Which did. I sort of, which <laughs> no, I sort I, of feel I, we did. Well, I mean, I mean but how anyway, do you know, how do you have the, the foresight? The model. Yeah, it's crazy. The model is massive and it takes mm -hmm. forever to open. And yeah. I had made a mistake is like today I actually had a meeting with somebody and got the 15 minute notice that the meeting's coming in. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to open up my model. And I started opening up the model and we're 40 minutes into it and it's still opening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and all right. There, so, there are so many people who are like, are you serious? That's how it is? And obviously it depends on the model. But for true, many... True large firms doing big projects oh, yeah. it can be hours yeah. to open a file you know this is yeah. this is it's yeah crazy. this is almost a million square feet we're literally like only 10 or fifteen thousand square feet under a million square feet and it's all in this all in this model but it's also infrastructure models we've got structures we've got civil we've got landscape model in this one you know because we actually had to do a landscape model you know we've got all of our MEP and everything else that are all in there. And so all of the information for this big, yeah. massive model is yeah. in there. So to automate opening that sucker up, yeah, that's that's pretty smart. I actually like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm going to have to yeah. talk to somebody in our office about that. Hopefully they yeah. got to see that too. So it's Imagine It Clarity, Cormac. Imagine. And uh, you can use my Imagine referral code. Imagine It Clarity. I'll no, I'm just kidding. So yeah, it's a it's a well-known and well-used product out there because of the pain that it solves, right? Um, so those yeah. are some examples. There's also consultancies that have booths there. Um, but I think, you know, nice. the thing that's really successful about Autodesk University is how they combine the show floor 
every day with food and drinks. So it encourages people to hang out. And we've talked mm. about this before on the yeah. on the podcast. Like that is a very successful recipe for encouraging people to see more booths and even more cross pollination between people. It's really low key. It's it's really conversational. It's not sales pitchy, and and people because I they, you know they add those extra elements in there, and everybody's just kind of they're not as just trying to get through something and, and trying to just get the inf- they're, they're actually just open right. to conversation. So everybody's guard is down a little bit lower, and I think it's really successful That's with good. that. Yeah. But I think one those thing are like the main, to... the main things that they do there. I mean, and then they do a giant party at the end uh, for everybody. So that's kind for of the, everybody. the culmination. Not just like the special, the special ticket holders at like the AIA convention that I always right. seem to keep forgetting to sign up for. Correct. Uh, Correct. Mm, great. For everybody. That's nice. Yeah. They're very good at, at this event. They're very good at making it an all-inclusive event as long as you're willing to pay for it and pay for their software <laughs> throughout the year. <laughs> well, okay. So in comparison to like, say the AIA convention, which is, you know, still pretty pricey, people seem to, you know, like I, I know a lot of people complain about the price of the AIA convention and it's just like, you know, shouldn't you be spending my money on something else? Well, the, the thing that they seem to forget is that they're not spending your dues. They're not spending right. your fees on right. the convention. You're spending the ticket sales that they get from that are actually paying for the convention. And it's yes, the there is some money. And there the, is, vendors. the vendors are paying right, a right. lot of money to have a booth there, right? So that is a, right. a huge part of that revenue coming in to make that event yeah. possible. Yeah. So it did sound like you seem to talk about the the show floor and how more interactive that is. Cause that is one thing that I always seemed to kind of like, I remember where I would basically just kind of like walk and not really engage a lot of the vendors, some of the earlier shows that I would go to, but you know, more and more going there because I want to learn more about what is actually offered and available to the profession. And so let me just, you know, listen to them. Let me hear their spiel and all this other stuff, scan my badge, you know, and get some information right. later on down the road, but get on the mailing list. Um, right. Yeah, but but I mean, it sounds like just this nice, open, casual dialogue about what it is, what they do, what they can do for you, you know, those right. kind of things. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I, th- I feel like the attitude of the people in the booths is generally of how can we help you? And I know it's like that at the AIA also, but you always feel like the goal of getting somebody's information captured is the highest goal at AIA, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like, let me scan your badge. Let me scan your badge. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is not like that yeah. at all. I don't think there's any badge scanning. Like, I, it's just not a, doesn't, I didn't experience that at once at this, at this conference. Nobody was trying to scan my badge. There was a couple people who wanted to take a picture of my badge who were not vendors just so that they could look up my podcast or remember my name. <laughs> right. But that was it. That was, right. that was the extent of badge scanning that happened at this conference. The, uh, the other part of it was the, um, the keynotes where they basically announced their new thing. And so the big thing this year for, I guess for everybody, for all three of their main areas of focus was Autodesk AI. Of course, it has to be this year, right? Because everybody is talking about AI all the time. And this is a technology conference. And so this is the place. And I have to say, I 
I don't fully understand what Autodesk AI means. I think it it's more of a marketing, and I think we'll see more as time moves on. But I didn't get the sense. Because what I've noticed in tech is that what we used to call algorithms and generative design, and we, there's been a bunch of names for things that are driven by programming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now people are calling that AI. And those are not mm. the same thing. They're not the same thing, yeah. right? Uh, so I think it's because it is fashionable to say AI right now. And I'm not trying to say that that's what Autodesk is doing. They might be doing that. And I just don't know if that's what they're doing. And I kind of feel like, especially with the AEC side of things with Autodesk, where there were not very many new announcements, there was, they've announced stuff throughout the year. This was not the place that they made new announcements really in AEC stuff. And they they just are applying AI to some of those tools. And some of those tools are using real artificial intelligence, large language models Hmm. to train things so that they can do simulations much faster than they could do math-based simulations before, for example. So like like uh, they, they announced a tool earlier this year called Forma. I don't know if you guys are using it at all, but it's like a earlier no, design tool. It, yes. Yeah. So it's available to people who already have like a the the AEC suite. And it's it's a good tool for doing simulation early in design. So you can simulate different building configurations. You can apply environmental simulations to that and actually see with data, sun exposure, wind, noise, like they've they've been adding a bunch of features throughout the year. And, and a lot of that is AI. But what's Autodesk AI is my question. Uh, I don't think we really know the answer yet. So I feel like it's kind of a, Autodesk might think differently, but I feel like it's kind of a placeholder name for for stuff because everybody's talking about AI. And of course, Autodesk is a publicly right. traded company. And so they have to be doing AI too, right? Because uh, if they're not, then right. people might want to invest their money somewhere else, right? So uh, I, I kind of feel like, you know, just being realistic about it all, that that may be what's going on there. I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't like blown I'll away take... with anything that was like truly AI. There was no new tool announced that was like, here's exactly what you can do with AI in the AEC market. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a heck of a lot more fun in my opinion, than the AIA convention in a way, yeah. because it sounds like it's far more engaging. And it, I would love to have, it, it, you know, because every time we talk about this, and you know, and you know, you're you're not the only person who I know that's gone to this. You know, as I said, I had a bunch of other friends that there, and yeah. and I've already had a couple of people like downloading me on like how exciting they were because they were going to go to the AIA convention and then decided that oh, if I'm going to use my money, the professional development money for something, I actually, a lot of our BIM managers and stuff, and they're like, we would probably get more out of going to like, you know, learning more about the software that we're helping the firm adopt and use and train people on and things like that. And so they ended up going and doing that. And it would really behoove maybe the AIA, and, and probably they were there, or hopefully they were, just to see what a successful, oh, um, maybe, yeah, maybe you know. they, maybe, maybe there were, del- there were people there like delegates, but 
Yeah, just as like help. Just let's just call them spies. You know, I mean, everybody's stealing science right <laughs> well, now. You know, uh, just just to just to give you an idea, uh, I I had a very nice long conversation with Evelyn Lee. So yeah, somebody was there. Yeah. I mean, and and not like a, well, there you go. Not from the AIA, but but as another AIA no. member and president elect of next year. She's. Right? So. I was gonna say, come on now. Yeah. I mean, there's there's. There's well, I guarantee you, not they far didn't, that they you didn't, can get from being they the AIA. They didn't send her, but <laughs> but it's one of those things well, where it's true. like uh, I'll, I'll well, tell you the mean, difference. You know, even... There's there's two things that I think of when you're talking about this. Number one is for a BIM manager. This is somebody who goes to this conference is absolutely going to get more value out of going to a conference like this because it directly mm-hmm. impacts their day to day job. Whereas like, you go right, to a conference right. on architecture, it is a very different, it's a different vibe, it's a different uh, message, it's it's much more about the profession as a whole. A BIM manager, like their whole their whole life is technology, their whole life is like solving problems on a day to day basis on projects, and that is mm-hmm. what the courses at AU are all about. But the second thing that I'll tell you, like the the big difference I feel like here is because I don't the architectural profession does not feel like a community to me right there are right, small pieces right. of community in it right there are there and there are knowledge communities set up by AIA and Monterey design conference I would I would I would probably put that under a different umbrella that feels more like a community to me around architecture mm-hmm. than what the AIA yeah, conference yeah. is AU is a is a community. I mean, it might be a community of nerds and it might be a community of technology people, right? But but yeah. people go there and they get way more out of it because it's their people. And so if there was something to kind of glean from this conference compared to the AIA conference is that we've got our group of people, right? We've got our listeners, we've got our friends, we've got people who we've known for right. a long time on social media, Twitter, Facebook groups, Entree Architect community, et cetera. Like we have a community, but I don't think that that is, that's not really talking about the whole of the profession. The profession at large is very insular. It is very siloed. It's very exclusive. And I don't mean like exclusive, like it's, it's pushing people away, but we are bred and programmed to compete with other people. Yes. And so yeah. that's oh, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. like, it's like there, there's, there are, there are barriers. There are, everyone's wearing a mask. And, and at AU, it is all about sharing workflows. How do we fix this? How do we solve this? How can we be better? Whether people do that or not is another thing. But, but that is the premise mm-hmm. behind it all. And I feel like that's what really makes this conference feel different from AIA conference. I agree with everything up to the point of I've never been to an Autodesk University um, and am always jealous when you go only because you come back with great stories, experiences, you know, you meet new people, you Mm -hmm. learn about new and kind of exciting things that really have an absolute huge impact on our profession. And yet for some reason, we're so, we seem to be so disconnected with it. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, it is exclusive in that it is, it is really focused on the tech side of the profession, right? And so <laughs> on that way, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who will just self-select opt out, right? They, they'll just be like, that's not for me. 
But I feel like if you look at it from an architectural point of view, like w- w- there's this very psychological aspect to the work that we do in thinking about mm-hmm. community and people and interaction and communication, all of those things, I can glean that that layer out of AU and say, that is definitely, it feels like it's missing from the AIA conference. So people may not want to go to a tech conference, but I still think there's something you could learn by observing what happens at a tech conference that is very successful. I will actually say that probably the most that I got out of the last AIA conference was our trip mm-hmm. to the Autodesk headquarters and to really kind of see what is going on, mm-hmm. to see you know some of the inspirational like things that can be done with the, the software. Right. You know, I mean, what was amazing was that whole big display of not only just like, you know, the the data collecting and and the design, you know, aspect of things of that mass timber skyscraper. Yeah, right. What was it, like 88 stories? Yeah. Produced with software from um, Autodesk of all of the different mock-ups of all the different joinery of this, you know, the skyscraper and the structure and everything else. I mean, the whole thing about it was, is just like, dude, if this is what we're going to be able to do, this is great. And I was far more inspired by that and seeing how like, even like the stop motion stuff that they're doing and all of these other things that they're doing, I was more inspired and just more kind of like captivated by this stuff. And it was so funny too, because of course I kind of like, you know, went in there, humph, we're going to go into the big evil of, you know, Autodesk, you know, they run everything kind of thing. And <laughs> I go know. in there and I'm like, to like to, it was like totally blown away. I mean, mm. the incubator space, it's just like, how can we reclaim wood? And, and like, you know, we have this thing that automatically scans and pulls nails out of timber so that you can reuse that timber and, and all of this other it, stuff yeah. without, how innovative is that? I mean, that, that if, if that isn't like trying to reduce your carbon footprint, um, by kind of like, you know, like really, truly recycling building material. I don't know what else is. And it's not architects doing it. Right. Yeah. It's a startup. Yeah. It, I, I think that artist right. in residency, I, that's what I kind of equate it to. I think they use the term residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's a. Yes, they did. They have these startups come in and do a residency at their R&D lab on the pier in San Francisco, and they have another facility in Boston, which is much larger. And then those people who are accepted into that program have access to the Autodesk facility and all those resources. It could be CAM, it could be CNC, it could be 3D printing, it could be robotic. And so it's not just software. And I think that's what's really interesting. And to your point, like, like they're actually doing something physically different in the architectural right. realm, right, when it comes to sustainability, and it, it's real stuff. It's not just theoretical, yeah, yeah. it's not just research, it's not just software, it's like physical right. things. And that's what was so fun for us to be at that, on the pier, and tour that facility, was that it's all real. Like, this is all stuff that's actually yeah. happening. It's like a workshop. And what I've heard is that the one in Boston is like, another level it's so much bigger and and so much more Ooh. so it would be cool to go there sometime but <laughs> time for time for us to get a tour but, and, but you yeah know, i to think like i think what's getting on a... it does open your eyes to all of the different ways that they are trying to get involved in the different communities that they have a 
their tentacles out into, right? So if it's, it could mm-hmm. be film and visual effects, it could be infrastructure, it could be architecture and engineering. And I think what they see is this, like anybody who offers consulting services or builds software for different verticals, they get to then connect the dots between those verticals and create value because they see it all. And and to me, that's really where the potential lies because architects, we get in our echo chamber, we get in our tunnel right. and we don't look outside of it. And so when it comes to business models or it comes to innovation and so many other ways, like they can actually help us do that. They can actually take a case study from the visual effects industry and apply it to their customers in the AEC industry and help their customers pivot. Like that's one of the things that they, they, they showcase during the keynote actually with this project that is called project Phoenix. And it was, it's in Oakland and it's a, I think it's 300 units of modular prefabricated construction. Um, and so like there's a, there's, there's a company called factory OS and they teamed up with Autodesk Research and another architectural firm, which is a three-letter firm. I think it was like MBP or something like that. Um, but they are basically working together to create a solution through technology, sustainability, to come up with a, a new way of doing something. And that might be a fun episode for us to kind of get those people on the show and talk about because... It, it just shows you like the, the power in this collaboration and getting outside of our tunnel of we deliver projects like <laughs> this. That's how we do it. That's how we've always done it. That's how we're going to continue to do it. Like, what if we rethink that? And they showcase studies like that to help us see that there are other ways to do things and be change makers in our industry. And so I, I feel like, again, there's there's extra value as an architect going to a thing where they have a slice through all these verticals and they start to connect the dots and they show an example, like a case study. And then we, and then it gets your gears turning like, Oh, like how, how could we do that? How could I do that? How could my firm do something like that? They're actually really right. doing it. Like it's not just on paper. It's not just paper architecture. It's a real project. They're really building it. Um, so it's things like that, that I think, are inspiring to see at a place like this, um, much more so than than anything that I saw at the AIA. And now, granted, when I was at the AIA conference, I was stuck in a booth, right? So um, right, right. I got to go see the, the keynote with the prime minister from New Zealand, but that was the only thing, aside from these extracurricular activities that we did after hours. Um, but... But like during the, the conference, I, I missed out on a lot of it. And I, I'll say that's another thing that, that's very different for me this time, which was I got to do what I needed to do at this conference. And I was not tethered yeah. by anybody's expectations. I'm, I don't work at a firm, right? And, and so nobody was, was saying right. like, you have to do a report and bring it back to us. You have to hit these specific topics. Right, right, uh, right. And so for me, it was it was very freeing to be able to go and, and experience that. Cool. So that, that was super positive for me as well. Again, like I said, I can just live in jealousy. <laughs> it is a good time. So, so I, I do, uh, I, I do recommend 
this conference, even, well, you know, no matter what you feel about Autodesk, I think there's a lot of value to be derived from this kind of conference. And it, it doesn't really matter who the main banners are, are for it. There, there's so yeah. much more there. There's so many more layers to the onion. No, like I, so. you know, honestly, like I said, you get one impression of it, especially it's just like, oh, it's that software that takes forever to load or mm. it's 45 minutes to sync a model or it crashes or it does this or it does that. The more and more that I learn about it, and, and I by no means am even remotely okay at it, to be quite honest with you, but I will say that nine times out of 10, most of like how a model gets broken, it's all user error, user carelessness and things like that. That aside, when everybody thinks about like Autodesk, and we've been thinking about Autodesk for you know, in our careers for decades, the because, whole time. you know, we go back to yeah. audit, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Right. One, one blip where I was using MicroStation, other than that, it's always been Autodesk and, and AutoCAD to Revit. And we always kind of like equate them to the big evil. But when we got a chance to see, you know, and I don't mean to harp on this again, but when we got a chance to see all of what they do, and they do a lot I was impressed and my impression changed because it's like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I, I'm learning that you do a hell of a lot more. I mean, even to the point of medical adjacent research, mm. all of the things that is being done with, with this stuff is, is really interesting. So when maybe that, that Autodesk AI finally, you know, catches up, we'll report back and, and talk a little bit more about that. So thanks for sharing yeah. what you're not supposed to share because when you go to, you know, Vegas, you're not supposed to talk about what happens there. <laughs> kind of glad no one listens to this it's, podcast. It's, it's kind of really interesting. <laughs> this, yeah. It's, no. it's fine. It's just between so, you and me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll so we will talk about so. the sphere more. We've, we've got, yet. we've got ideas and, uh, Teaser. yeah, I mean, that'll yeah. be fun. So, uh, stay tuned. <laughs>